Over 200,000 of the homeless people in the United States of America are women and girls. The most needed and understocked item in homeless shelters, feminine hygiene products. Joy Road Media is proud to tell you about the Clean Love Project. The Clean Love Project's mission is to help women and young girls feel clean, loved, and empowered by distributing clean love kits to alleviate their hygiene needs. Go to thecleanloveproject.org to find out how you can help. The Clean Love Project focuses on the Metro Detroit area, but it also distributes kits worldwide. If you are a female in need of a clean love kit, go to thecleanloveproject.org and request one today. Joy Road Media is a proud supporter of the Clean Love Project at thecleanloveproject.org. Guys, gals, non-binary pals, welcome to the Are You Listening podcast, the podcast derived from just a couple of friends who love music, trying to get each other to listen to records, and neither of us caring, so we created this to keep each other... <laughs> <laughs> to keep each other uh, <laughs> honest about listening to these records. Scott, hello, my co-host. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> I don't know about if if not caring is, <laughs> is how it started. Mm, I, I think it might have. I mean, it wasn't like a, it wasn't a rude not care, but it was like neither of us. We were both like, yeah, all right, buddy. All right. Yeah, I <laughs> guess. It just seems so callous to be like uh, derived from not caring. Yeah, no, like that's not what happened. I mean, yeah. it, it. But if it, at the base of it, that's basically what happened. I suppose. So we each bring each other records that we haven't heard before to listen to on here. We also draft artists here and there. Yeah, we do. That's separate. Today we're here to talk about the queers and their compilation record. Yeah, a day late, a dollar short. Yeah. First time we've covered a compilation record, I believe. Yep. But you didn't know it was a compilation record. I, d- I did not. I mean, I guess I could have probably figured it out if I even looked at the track listing. Because, I mean, when you have a like a radio, live radio play on the... Right. It's hard to say that it isn't. It's not usually the end of a regular record. But um, I don't know whether I should apologize up front for it. <laughs> because <laughs> I listened to this. I re-listened to this this week and... Like what I remember from it, I still like a lot, but okay. Oh, oh boy. Um, yeah, there's, there's, there's some stuff <laughs> on here that I, I think I know why I don't remember it, but we'll get to yeah, that. When we get to the record. We'll, we'll get to that for now. I'm going to dive into some notes here, Scott, obviously jump in whenever you feel necessary. Yeah, let's do it. The queers are an American punk rock band formed in 1981 from Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Oh, I didn't see the New Hampshire coming. The time period, I kind of figured, though. What? Uh, just uh, because it's it's very quickly next in the notes. Where did you think they were from? I thought it was going to be California. I thought they were going to be okay. like a lookout band or um. No, you, you you'll you hear in the notes that you kind of hit it. You there there you'll oh, see okay. why. You'll see why. Gotcha. All right. Original lineup consisted of guitarist, vocalist Joe Queer, Joe King is his real name. 
Okay. Basis Tulu, and that is Scott Gildersleeve. Oh, wow. That's a name. And drummer Wimpy Rutherford, whose real name is John Jack Hayes. Okay. Well, some of the track names make sense now. I was like, where the hell did they come up with these names? But they... (laughs) Okay. Got it. So Tulu introduced Queer and Rutherford to the Ramones in 1976. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, wait, wait. Like introduce them in person like this is my friend tulu hey joey ramon i i i don't know that's that's what it feels like when we get when we get more into it like it feels like tulu has kind of been in the game and knows people but it could just be yeah here here guys listen to the ramones i guess i don't know okay all right it wasn't it wasn't written super straightforward let's put it that way (laughs) (laughs) understood however it would be another five years before they formed the queers Shortly after, Joe returned from having spent a summer in Manhattan Beach, California. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, he, he spent some time over in California and developed a sound. While he was on the West Coast, he saw many of the original L.A. punk bands, including The Zeros, The Germs, Black Flag, The Dickies, Fear, and Angry Samoans. Yeah, that, that tracks. All three of them have had previously played in earlier punk bands, including The Objects and Falling Spikes, and then Tulu released a solo project in 81. Oh, wow, okay. See, that that's where I think, like, maybe Tulu was in the system, like, was in the business a little bit. Right, yeah, that kind of, yeah, if he was doing, like, he was recording and putting out records on his own, he probably got involved with some other bands, I would imagine. Yeah, knew, some, knew, knew some guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tulu stated that the band's moniker has nothing to do with homosexuality, and it meant queer as someone strange or an outsider. Odd. So yeah. basically how queer was used <laughs> until that time, like, I guess. Kind of properly. That's, mm-hmm. yeah. The 81-82 original lineup rehearsed in Tulu's basement and never publicly performed. Oh, their earliest songs were covers of the Dave Clark Five, the Monkees, and the Ramones. Wow, that's <laughs> that's that's unexpected. The Dave Clark Five. Sometime in 1982, they found themselves listening to punk records that Joe brought back to New Hampshire from his summer in California. Yeah, that needed to happen. And then this feels almost like a slight against this record, and I don't even know this record or anything about it, but it feels like they were shitting on it in the notes here. Oh, no. So, oh, one no. record in particular was Blood Sausage EP by The Meat Men. Okay. After listening to the record, they all collectively agreed they could, quote, do much better. Oh, no. <laughs> so okay. they specifically shit on this record. Like looked yeah. at this record and listened to it, and they're like, "This is we could do way better than this." That just feels like a wow. weird thing to to put a scope on in your body. Yeah, I kind of want to go and listen to that now, just to like compare <laughs> yes. and be like, "Did they do better than this?" Well, Tulu then wrote the Queer's first classic, "We'd Have a Ride Doing Heroin" on the spot. Quote in about two minutes, and the band was truly born. Yeah. Okay. That sounds like a punk. Sounds like a punk story. Yeah, it does. After releasing the Love Me EP in 82, the band disbanded shortly after because Tulu temporarily moved to New York, New York in late 82. Okay. So Tulu, who was seemed already in the business, 
moved. Yeah, already doing stuff. Yeah. While the band was on temporary hiatus, Joe and Wimpy got together and, quote, over the course of a few hours, wrote enough new songs for a new record. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that seems, yep, very punk rock. Yeah. They called Tulu to tell him about the new songs and discussed reforming the band for another EP. Okay. So put one out. Tulu goes to New York. The rest of the band's like, we can still do this. Mm-hmm. Write another EP. Even though the rest of the band was just two guys. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> so then, quote, and I'll also, I don't know who wrote these notes that I've pulled these from on Wikipedia, mm-hmm. but some of the word choices feel, I don't know, like they're trying to make it seem more important or like pretentious almost because... Gotcha. Quote, after a fortnight, because <laughs> that's 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 a modern, widely yeah. used term. Yeah. After a fortnight, Joe and Wimpy drove to New York, located Tulu and drove him back to New Hampshire with newfound enthusiasm and confidence. Sure. After after that fortnight. Yeah, he needed a fortnight to just really let go. <laughs> In 83, the, quote, new lineup found Joe stay on guitar while Rutherford switched from drums to lead vocals at the insistence of both Joe and Tulu. And then Tulu went from bass to drums. So so, the guitarist stayed the same. The other two just switched positions. But Joe was also the vocalist. Oh, okay. So Joe is now only the guitarist. Gotcha. Wow. (laughs) And that's Insane. the new lineup, quote unquote. New lineup. But gotcha. then they, they had their friend Keith Hags join to play bass, because at that point they did not have a bass. I was going to say they had no bassist, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so a fourth member. They recorded the Kicked Out of the Weeblows EP and performed approximately six shows. <laughs> that's it, just six. And I like that it's approximate. Like <laughs> it's, You can count it on two hands, but only just maybe. But then they get very specific about three of them and then not specific about the other three. Because three of them them were in Portsmouth at the Masonic Temple, a local pool party, and an open field gig, Scott. Oh, wow. I just don't know, like, where the... Like, the details range from super detailed to... Well, I don't fucking know. Approximately six shows. Yeah. (laughs) But three for sure happened. The band then broke up for a second time in 1984. Oh, yeah. Okay. In the course of three years. (laughs) So while never having a proper album at the time, the Love Me EP, Kicked Me Out of the Weeblows EP, were collected with a studio session from 93 that was them recording original songs that were written in 83 but but never recorded, demo tracks from 91, and an East Orange, New Jersey live performance in 94 on the independent community radio station WFMU into this compilation album we have, A Day Late, A Dollar Short. Okay, so two proper EPs and then a bunch of other songs and demos that didn't actually properly get recorded. And then the live show. A bunch of songs that were, yeah, a bunch of songs that were written in during the same time but never recorded. And then right. some some demos from 91. So that's after all this and after they already oh, had right. a record out, like a record. Yeah. record. Oh, okay, like a proper record. Gotcha. Yeah. And then that, that radio show from 94. All right. 
And this was released January 23rd, 1996. Oh, okay. So 15 years after the first EP was recorded? Uh, the first EP was 82, I believe. Okay. No, the band got together in 81. The first EP yes. was recorded in 82. Gotcha. Okay. Wow. So I got some I got some records that came out 96. This feels like Scott years. It should it should be right around Scott years. Scott would have been 14. So very formative. We'll we'll see. I'll let you know. Well, Jan 1, 1996, we have Petitioning the Empty Sky by Converge. I don't think I remember that Converge is that old of a band. I did not remember that. I, I definitely wasn't into Converge when I was 14. <laughs> I, I think it's their second record also. Like, I believe oh, wow. their first record was like 91 or something. Oh, damn. Yeah, no, not. I was unaware. I had yeah, me, me too. I don't think I don't much like most people probably was not aware of Converge until Jane Doe. Yeah, yeah, no idea. Crazy. Also Jan 1, and I feel like this is a little in the kind of the genre we're in a little bit. Uh, Turbo Negro put out Ass Cobra. I've never listened to them. I have because... I've heard their name around like forever, but I've never listened yeah. to them. Yeah, the influence from like the Viva La Bam, Bam Margera, like he was big into those guys. So that's where I learned of them and listened to them. Oh, okay. Also January 1st, 1996, Bowling for Soup put out Cellmates. <laughs> okay, I wasn't into them back then. I, they came out with that. I don't think the record's called 1985, but they came out with that track 1985, and it made me chuckle a Giant. bit. Yeah, Giant. that's all I remember of them, really. Yeah, I also didn't know that Bowling for Soup was putting out records in 96, so good for them. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. January 2nd, Friends of the Show. Friends of the Show? Behemoth. Oh yeah, put out Grom. Yeah, there we go, Grom. I think I I think I picked Grom. That was one of their early ones. It's super early black metal shit. You will yeah. notice that maybe if '96 Scott didn't love what was coming out in '96, uh, 2022, 2023, 2024 Scott, uh, probably pretty into a lot of this stuff. S super down. <laughs> There's a lot of black metal in this. Yeah, buddy. 96 right. is heavy is a heavy black metal year, I think. Who knew? January 9th, hometown boy for you. You love oh, him. Okay. You guys go you guys go way back. We have early morning stone pimp, Kid Rock. Oh Jesus. Oh, That's Jesus. your boy. No, not my you boy. You have you have that American flag with this picture on it hanging behind you, Scott. You can't hide it. <laughs> I 100% do not. Do not. <laughs> Although he uh he had his badass beer. I don't want to I don't think it was sponsored or anything, but it was like an exclusive up at one of our restaurants in downtown Clarkston. They had like this big burned in wood mural of the logo and then once it went out of business they took it down. <laughs> so there's no trace of it anymore. It feels like that some kid rock would do would print his picture on an American flag, right? Like that feels like something. It, seems, it definitely seems like it. Yeah besmirch the american flag with his visage yes. i'm trying to sound smart now like Fortnite. <laughs> out january 15th <laughs> we have dark throne with total death i don't know that one well it's a 96 record yeah i'm trying to th i mean that's an early one i think 
But I don't think it's as early as Transylvanian. Was it Transylvanian Hunger? Is that the name of it? I I or, do not know. I might be wrong on that one, but I like Dark Throne. Like I I, it's hard to like completely back a black metal band because <laughs> history. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, I I appreciate the sounds. Fair. Coming out January twenty fifth, we have Storm Blast by Demu Borger. That's not one we listen to. I think Storm. No, we listened to Death Called Armageddon. Yeah, yeah, and we liked that one. I, I, yeah, I liked it more than I used to. And Storm Blast is the one that I remember liking. I don't know if I revisited it. Like Storm Blast is the one I have a shirt mm. of. Oh, okay. So like, I remember liking Storm Blast quite a bit. I remember liking uh, the band when we went over our list. It was they were really good. <laughs> I liked it a lot. Yeah. I, I wonder if your opinion would have been different if you would have seen them first. But I know because I guess all black metal kind of dress up and have. Yeah, and shit. it's weird because I do have that thing like, oh, I don't like I don't like the theatrics of it and blah, blah, blah. What I used to say, but like all black metal dudes wear the coarse paint and like have crazy like spiked gauntlets on their arms and just ridiculous yeah. stage shows and stuff. But I think. I accept that more because it's the music matches it as opposed to as opposed to bands like ghost that it just, it just doesn't match up. Like they're a little too soft rock or slipknot post uh, volume three. Oh yeah. Let's not. Yeah, (laughs) man. How, how they fell off so hard is just so sad. They probably have some beaters in there. I just don't care enough to listen to individual tracks. Like, if I want to listen to Slipknot, I'll just go listen to Iowa. Like, I don't need... Yeah. I think there was one more record of theirs that I liked after Volume 3. I think it was the one right after it. Like, All, all, all Hope, Hope is, is Gone. gone. Yeah, I, I think I kind of like that one. But then after that, especially, like, the last two or three records, man, they're hard to choke down. I mean, let's put it this way. I didn't really like and I've been very vocal about this. I didn't like any I don't I don't really like anything Slipknot other than Iowa, even their first yeah, record, I I can, whatever, like yeah. whatever. But with All Hope is Gone, that's where I stopped even checking out New Slipknot. Like I, I oh, it's okay. not that I hated it. I just was like, yeah. I, I guess I don't I don't need this anymore. I'm all right. <laughs> sure, I get it. I keep I keep checking it out, just hoping, but it, it never works out for me. <laughs> It, it's because he just wants to do Stone Sour, but like the demand isn't there for it. That's the problem. Right. Yeah. So he's just going to keep making Slipknot sound more and more like Stone Sour. <laughs> he's just converging the two together. Yeah. And it's yeah. His, it's, he can do it. Like, that's fine. And he's still making money, yeah. but I don't I don't need it. That's for sure. Yeah. Coming out January 26th, we have Maniacal Laughter by the Bouncing Souls. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, I love it. It's it's a a great record. Yeah, I think that's their first record. And I really enjoy I I like the Bouncing Souls up to uh, the gold record, I think is what it was called. Uh, My favorite of theirs was How I Spent My Summer Vacation. That one just hit right at the right time and everything was great. But yeah, I really like the Bouncing Souls a lot. Seen them a couple times live. They're great. I don't unless I saw them in passing at Warped, I don't think I ever saw them. And that's one I I don't think I'd mind seeing. I know a lot of tracks, but I don't know if I know a full record. All the tracks that you know are probably the ones they would play live. (laughs) And I'd be good with that. Yeah, (laughs) I'd be excellent with that. Moving on. January 28th, we have The Secrets of the Black Arts by Dark Funeral. 
I don't know, Dark Funeral at all. Okay. Moving on to January 31st, we have Philosophem by Burzum. Oh, let's... I am not Kanye West. But do you see what I mean where 96, <laughs> if Burzum's happening, it's like almost... Yeah. They're almost over the edge by now. Like, they're yeah. almost... They're almost about to blow up their own fucking genre for a while. Right. That's why I don't know about that Dark Throne record. Like, I feel like that's... Dark Dark Funeral? Oh, Dark Throne. You, not Dark Funeral. Yeah. You just don't know Dark Funeral at all. I don't know Dark Funeral, but that Dark Throne record, I don't know that record. But I feel okay. like that's the time that I shouldn't know that record. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then the last one I have for releases, January 96. January 31st, Friends of the Show. Mm. Having Petting Zoo by No Effects. Oh, yeah. Uh, Neither of us really cared yeah. about that record. I was but... saying, don't really like that record, but <laughs> No Effects, friends of the show. So let's move on to the charts here, Scott. You should um, yeah. you should at least be aware of these charts, because, I mean, this is prime prime Scott years of music, just at least being aware, yeah, I think, of music. Radio was a big thing back then still, so mm-hmm. I was probably hearing some of this, I'm sure. So let's go Hot 100, number five. Okay. Breakfast at Tiffany's. Deep Blue Something. Yeah. I said, what about Breakfast at Tiffany's? She said, I think I remember the film. Yeah. Yep. I know that one. I I would not have ever known who sung that song. It buried deep, deep, deep back in my gray matter. I would have, might have been able to pull it. That's, that's crazy. I would, <laughs> if I had that question... On a game show, I'd lose all my money because I would have no clue. Not even an ounce. Yeah, I might have been able to pull it. I would have had to think about it for a bit, though. At number four, we have Missing Everything But The Girl. I don't know that track. Everything But The Girl slightly rings a bell, and it might be that song, but I... Yeah, I can't pull it. (laughs) Okay. At number three, Hey Lover by... I mean, ladies love him. Cool J. Oh, God. (laughs) Yeah. Ladies do love them. That's what I hear. (laughs) At number two, Exhale, Shoop Shoop, from the Waiting (sighs) to Exhale soundtrack, Whitney Houston. Yeah. Good track. And at number one, Scott, on the Billboard Hot 100, One Sweet Day, Mariah Carey, and Boys to Men. Oh, man. What a a combo that was. (laughs) They were a powerhouse together and definitely number one, I'm guessing, for quite a while. But, like, let's look again. I mean, anytime we're in this 90s, Mariah is destroying the Oh, yeah. Yeah, she, like, and this is pre-her being... Mariah. (laughs) Yeah, I'm trying to to think of the the proper way to say it. Uh, But this is her in her, like, sweet girl phase. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah. Glitter came out 01, I believe. So that's Yeah, Glitter after. was Glitter came out September eleventh. Yes. Or was <laughs> yes. supposed to. So the longest one on the charts here, Scott, still at number forty. No, oh, wow, still it, upper half. And it's been there for forty four weeks on the charts. Damn. Almost a year. Runaround Blues Traveler. Dude, what a killer track though. <laughs> that thing. I mean, I've never been a huge fan of harmonicas until John Popper brought out the bandoliers. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, man, 
uh i had that record uh i used to listen to it a lot it was it was a good record i kind of want to go back and revisit it just to see if i still appreciate it but after you hear runaround though like that rest of that record's just filler right i don't remember that's what i'm saying i don't remember but i remember really liking it oh yeah now boy you want to give me the run around sorry <laughs> if it's under 55 minutes i'll i'll revisit it with you but if it's over okay. 55 I'm, I'm tapped out oh man i have to look this up now just to see so 55 is the cutoff for you 55 is a cutoff and i'm actually giving it a little more because i don't assume it's going to be less than 50 so i gave it an extra five. Oh damn 56 minutes long um, how many tracks is it? <laughs> Twelve. I'll, I'll I'll do it. I'll do it. Yes, that's only that's only another minute. I'll do it. But remind me later so I, I can download it. Um, let's move on to the Billboard 200. All right. At number five, we have Fresh Horses by Garth Brooks. I know that one just only by name, though. I can't pick a. I think I own it. I'll say that I can't pick a song off of it, though. Not off the top of my head. But I'm sure there's I'm sure there's hits on it because Garth Brooks was nothing but a hit machine. He was. I mean, in the in the '90s, he was all over the, the biggest. Place. He was the biggest artist, period, in the yeah. '90s for a while. Yeah, yeah, gigantic. Number four, cracked rear view, Hootie and the Blowfish. Oh, yeah, buddy, <laughs> I had that one too. This was a uh, cracked review and blues traveler were right, right before I really dove deep into punk rock, like the <laughs> 14, 14, 15, right around that time was, yeah. When I started really getting into it, it's pretty nuts. At number three, jagged little pill, Atlantis more set. We've, we've been over it a few times cause it's mm-hmm. popped up on some, on some charts. Definitely Broadway worthy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. At number two, Daydream, Mariah Carey. Yeah, I I did not own that one. My mom might have been into it. She didn't, if anything, she would have bought the cassette. Okay. Uh, but I don't recall her having the cassette in the van. See, you, you mentioned that. Anytime you mentioned like your mom being into something, I just remember you said she was into Reba. Yeah, so super into Reba. I'm, I'm thinking of Reba, Mariah back to back in 96, and it feels insane. That feels weird. <laughs> but like uh like I said, it was the time of, of radio. Radio was heavy. Yeah. Um yeah. and if you had a commercial on one station, you pop over to your preset number two station and Mariah Carey could be all over it. Yeah, all right. I see it. I see it. Yeah. Still seems crazy though. It, it does seem crazy. Number one on the Billboard two hundred. Waiting to exhale soundtrack. Obviously. Oh, yeah. Whitney Houston. Sold like crazy. Sold like crazy. Sure did. And then the longest on the charts, Scott. Okay. At number 182. Oof. With 252 weeks on the chart. What? And I did a little bit. Dark side of the moon. It is not. I did a little (laughs) bit of research on it and found out that it ended up staying on the charts for 282 weeks total. Holy cow. So it was 30 weeks after this that it finally fell off the charts. Man. And it is the record MCMXCAD by Enigma. Yeah. yeah. That was on a, a chart that I gave you yeah. a little while ago. It yeah. Was, 
I still no idea what the hell it is. It is it is a European pop music project, I believe. Oh, oh okay. I, I couldn't get a lot of information from it, and I refused to listen. But there has to be something. <laughs> there has to be something to it. I mean, it's on the charts for almost 300 weeks. In 282 total. weeks. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. That's that's cr- I feel like being the podcast we are, we need to check that one out too. Just to say we listen to it. What's what's your length on it? I'm gonna look it up. What's your length limit on it? Ooh, I would say ooh, not know it knowing that it's a pop project that has me hesitant. Let's say actually here, the first genre. The first genre yeah. it says is new age music. Oh no! Here I'll read say, you the genres. Um, I'll read you yeah. the genres from the from like the Wikipedia excerpt from from Wikipedia or from, from yeah. Google. Okay. New age music, pop music, ambient music, chill out music, synth pop, world beat, ambient house. Oh God, no, 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 no! None <laughs> of those things work for me. I feel like I just talked a lot. No, I, my limit is 42. So what's your like? What's your like limit? 42. Well, guess what? It is it is 40 minutes and 16 seconds. We are listening to this thing. God damn it. No. No. Oh, all right. Shit. Came out in 1990, I believe. Nothing yeah. about this is going to go well for me. Europe, December 90, America, February 91. Six tracks. One uh, of them's 10 minutes. Another one's 11 minutes. Oh, my God. This cannot be. How is this on the charts for so damn long? Well, we're going to be listening to it. So Sarah, seven songs at 40 minutes. Um, oh, yeah, there is seven. My bad. Seven songs, 40 minutes, 16 okay. seconds. But right. two of the songs, yeah. one of the songs is 12 and one of the songs is 11. But I just scrolled on Ugh. just Google, and the first thing it says is, this is a perfect example of, quote, candle shop music. Oh, no. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. Right, well, well, we might have just ended the podcast. So, <laughs> Scott, the queers put out a day late and dollar short. It is 34 tracks long, 65 yeah, minutes, one second, but... I, I I did say that that live broadcast, listen to it once, you cut it off, it knocks 20 minutes off of it, and then you're left yeah. with, you know, 33 tracks. There might be two tracks that last longer than, like, two minutes, maybe? <laughs> it might be in the notes, it might come up. Yeah, so some of these might go really quick. We might not even say something about all of these, but I guess let's just get started, I guess. Sure. Yeah, I I just need to say that all I really needed from this mm-hmm. is the first thirteen tracks. Like I'm okay. good with all of their eighty stuff. The ninety yeah. stuff I did not care about at all. There wasn't any care at all. But I oh, okay. I have to I have to say I do I do still enjoy like the Love Me EP specific, a couple songs in Love Me EP and a couple songs I kicked out of the Weebos. But okay, we'll get there. Track number one, sure. we never ride doing heroin, Scott. What do you got? I kind of lumped these first three tracks all together. Uh, you'll see okay. why in the notes. So we never ride doing heroin, Terminal Rut, and Fagtown. Uh, these first three tracks are pretty difficult to separate. The only indication that they are different songs, aside from Amazon Music telling me so, is the one, two, three, four count offs. Um, mm-hmm. Aside from that, there's not much in the way of variation between them. They sound like they were recorded exactly the way they're presented here. 
fast, one right after the other, little to no actual sound or studio setup, very lo-fi. Lyrically so far, I'm not impressed, and I know that they were written in a different era, but for 2024, Scott, the joke doesn't really land. Mm-hmm. I do like the opener, though. I do like We'd Have a Ride Doing Heroin. I, I, I really like the track. It's one of the... Yeah. Put it this way. Put yeah. that up against most Ramon songs, and I'll take it okay. over a Ramon song. Sure. I gotcha. The Ramon songs are just more... Uh, upbeat? Yeah, and I was going to say friendly. I guess. Like, yeah. uh, I guess me being me, and like, not that I have a history with heroin or anything like that, but like... <laughs> I guess on the podcast, we did say I had track marks going up and down my arms a while ago, but I, I don't really have never had heroin. I don't even remember the bits I do anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, we, it was like when we were one. talking about our, I think it was Alice in Chains when we were talking about grunge stuff. Oh, okay. I, I don't, heroin isn't really a, a riot, having a riot type drug, I don't think. Yeah, that, that's, why the, that, that's why the song's like, we'll do it. We'll have a riot anyway. Yeah, that just seems wrong. <laughs> um, that is one of the songs that Stick and I covered lo-fi acoustically. Oh, okay, yeah, I'm wondering. Let me know when you when we get to those songs. Yeah, that's one of them. I'll have to find it. I know I have the file somewhere. I'll have to find it and send it to you. But it's because it, yeah. it's interesting. To say the least, yeah, I'm it was sure. just dumb, dumb fun. Recorded as long as it took them to record it, I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. All right, so then let's move on to track four. Yeah. Uh I want cunt. Sorry. There it there was. Yeah. Uh, it's really hard to have a solid opinion on a 23 second song, but it was there. Yeah. I'm going to be honest. The entire time I listened to this, I don't think I had the CD booklet. So okay. I don't know what, I don't know what they were saying, but I, I listened to it and I enjoyed the sound, but I had no yeah. idea what they were saying. I was listening to this uh, and taking notes at work. So I didn't even know the names of the songs. Mm-hmm. I just wrote down one, two, three, four, five. Like I just separated it by what the way I could. Uh, that's why notes for the first three songs are all clumped together. Cause I didn't know that they were separated songs at first. Let's move on to track five. Trash this place. Uh, starts off solid enough, but less than halfway through it goes into this crazy chaos, but not in the way I really enjoy. Uh, I think because it goes on for longer than the actual song plays, uh, and like the chaos that I enjoy is more musical than Mm -hmm. seven different conversations going on at the same time. I don't know. It's, it got crazy. Yeah. You want your chaos to go somewhere, not just be chaos, not just be there. Yeah. Moving on to track six, love me. And what what the EP was named on. And then they had, um, I still don't know the full story. His name was Pappy McLaren. William H. Pappy McLaren. When I heard when I heard this before, I just assumed that it was somebody's Pappy. But I guess it could have just been some drunkard. But he came in yeah. with his vocals. And what, what do you got on this one, Scott? What the hell do we actually have going on here? Some <laughs> kind of Southern Cowboy S&M anthem? Nah, dudes, I'm good. This record already has me in a weird, uncomfortable place, and I still have 28 tracks to go. Oh, boy. I'm going to be honest. I hated Love Me for a while, and I I love it. I I think it's so weird. It's just a dude just saying, kick me, punch me, suck me, all kind of wild shit. Just the queer is just laying down like a backbeat. I don't know. Could I take a whole record of it? Probably not. 
but Absolutely the one rec- the, the one track i was like oh. also it's the longest track on the record which is the weirder part yeah yeah i you know what it felt long too at least like going through it because it like follows up a 23 second track and all these like minute long tracks i'm pretty sure it's longer than the rest of the ep yeah like yeah. The, like we <laughs> like the, the in total levels. Yeah, the lengths on the tracks are a minute two, 34 seconds, 30 seconds, 23 seconds, a minute 38, and then 3.57. Yeah, all those other tracks are on one side of a 7-inch, and then this one is mm-hmm. the entire other side of the 7-inch. So that is it for the Love Me EP portion of this. Okay. So let's move on to track 7, and this is another one that Stick and I covered. Kicked out of the Weeblos. Kicked out of the Weeblos EP. Gotcha. Yeah, I didn't know how they were separated in the... Like as far Fair. as what e- EPs or anything like that, but at least this one has a groove and sticks around long enough to get something out of it. Not a bad track, but I don't think this humor is for 42 year old me. Yeah, I don't know if it's for 33 year old me. I don't know if it was for 17 year old me. I don't know. I, don't know. <laughs> I, I just I just liked it more than. Like that classic punk, I put classic in quotes because just that punk yeah. that. Like, I think I would, st- and again, you're going to bring me one eventually, but I think I'd still take these two EPs over like a Clash record. Like, I'm just, it's just what I want. It's, yeah, I'd rather have it. I get it. It's just dirtier. It, it feels more punk. It feels more punk, I think is what it is. That first Clash record feels really punk. Bring it to me then, because I never heard it. I don't know. Okay. At length, at least. Well, yeah, we'll deal with that with a different episode. Moving on to track eight, <laughs> Tulu is a wimp. Okay, I have uh, Tulu is a wimp and at the mall combined. I love the opening to Tulu is a wimp. Musically, I really enjoy this one and the next track. Pretty similar. The vocals are buried a bit too much for me, but I dig these ones. And this is Tulu on vocals now, if you recall. I had no I idea think? because we had a drunken cowboy singing one of the songs earlier. So. I didn't know who was singing what. <laughs> no, Tulu went from bass to drums. It was Rutherford that switched from drums to lead vocals. Okay. Also, Tulu has writing credits on the entire Love Me EP, but he doesn't have any on the Kicked Out of the Weeblos EP because he wasn't around when it was written. <laughs> because he was in Manhattan when they wrote these songs. Correct. Okay. Moving on to track 10. I don't know. Lump all these guys. God, dude, everything you need to do. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, this one's separate. I spent the rent. Uh, as far as 25 second songs go, this one is top tier. Uh, super buzzsaw like guitars and concise lyrical content. Sounds good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you, you took about as much time reviewing it as it takes to listen to it. So <laughs> it's true. Moving on to track 11. I don't want to work. Uh, feels like a longer version of the previous track. And I can get down with this sentiment. The bass slash percussion solo in the middle was great. I really liked this one. All right, good. I'm glad you found something you like in here. At uh, number 12, I'm useless. I love this one in with This Place Sucks. Okay. This one is kind of a, kind of snotty in the way of the Sex Pistols. Uh, and I've never been a huge fan of the Sex Pistols. Okay. I'm more of a Descendants, This Place Sucks kind of guy. You want to be, you want to be, <laughs> This Place Sucks because there's no calculators around. Not, yeah, not because right, there's no exactly. heroin around. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> Give me the graphing uh, paper and the beakers. Yes. 
Moving on to 14, and 14 through 17 are from Look Ma No Flannel. That is a 94 EP, I believe. Okay. So 10 years after the Kicked Out of the Weeblos EP are these these tracks. Interesting. Okay. All right. Uh, Wimpy Drives Through Harlem. I appreciate the woe woes in this one. There's just not too much to these songs for me to grab onto. I think it's just because they're yeah. so short. They're so short. Fuck. Yeah. I'll fall asleep trying to talk about it. I'm already <laughs> out on, on these songs. You're out, out after Kicked Out of the Weeblos. Yeah. After okay. this place sucks, I'm out. I gotcha. I I would rather listen to the radio thing than the rest of these songs before the radio thing. I just didn't care at all about any of these. Oh wow. And okay. You could you could probably add because of my music ADD, the song lengths were great. But once yeah, I'm, I'm sure. once I'm 13 tracks into a CD, I'm like, all right, I'm gonna let's do another CD now. I'm 13 tracks in. What do I need the rest for? Right. Sure. I get it. Yeah. So that's where I was at. So feel the need to skip songs. You do whatever you need to do from here on out, but I'll still keep okay. running you through them if you want. Gotcha. Yeah. Tr- track 15. I like young girls. The problem with having a record full of songs longer, th- uh, songs under two minutes is there's nothing to really sink your teeth into easy, crunchy guitars, basic lyrics that border on appropriateness. And then we one, two, three, four into the next track. Yeah. I, I, I even knew that this wasn't going to be great for microscoping, but we were talking about like eras of punk and yeah, even, we were, even a couple episodes before we were talking about shorter songs and stuff like that. And I don't know, it just, it came up kind of organically and that's where we yeah. thought it do, It did. But yeah, the, these, I, I guess it's the curse of a compilation record for a punk band. That as well, because yeah. you're, you're lumping together all these songs that kind of sound the same. Uh, and because it's a punk band, that means they're under one minute long, under a minute and a half and 38 songs under a minute and a half each that all kind of sound the same, man, it gets, it gets tired, tiring. And then, I mean, also you're going from 82 quickly to 84 quickly into 94 yeah, like it's it's weird. It, it it is a little weird, but again, yeah, maybe 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 subconsciously there was a part of me that felt like it was different after thirteen, and I was like, oh yeah, I don't like this. So why would I listen to this? <laughs> sure. Right, sure. So let's move on to track sixteen, uh, Noonie in New York. I just said it sounds like the last fifteen tracks. Great track seventeen. <laughs> nobody likes me. I liked the drum into intro on this one. Easy sing-along chorus and that guitar string scrape made me think we were going to get a solo, which would have been a nice switch up, but no such luck. All right, moving on to track 18, Nothing to Do, and this is from Too Dumb to Quit from 93. Okay, so those last four were from the same EP, then we're on to a different one. Uh, Nothing to Do, I have lumped in with I'm Nowhere at All, Uh, just about halfway through, and I feel like I kind of need a break. All these tracks feel and sound the same. They're all blending together. Short, lo-fi, buried vocals, aggressive guitars, snotty, and quote-unquote funny lyrics. I'm getting tired. Imagine how tired you'd have been if you were living in this scene, man. Dude, I, that maybe that's the difference, though. If I was living in and a part of the scene, I might have enjoyed it more. Oh, I don't know, man. I do not know. No? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe? I feel like if you're there and you're a part of it, it hits different. Because at least you'd be in on the joke. I guess so. But I mean, all we need to do to be in on the joke is to 
to be in on the joke. Like all we have to go is, oh yeah, we're in on this. Like that's there's there's nobody yeah. holding like a gun to our head saying you you get it, you get the joke. Right. All right, moving on to track 20, MacArthur Park, and then parenthetically, originally performed by Richard Harris from Jimmy Webb, My Old Man's a Fatso in 94. Couldn't die. So the, this is a cover then? Apparently? I, I don't know. Oh, I don't okay. Know. I mean, Jimmy Webb. Well, is, originally performed by somebody else. Yeah, it looks like Richard Harris is a an icon in the British New Wave scene. Oh. And then isn't Jimmy Webb like a big time writer? Like a big time right. writer. Oh, I don't know. He's one of America's most successful and honored songwriters. Oh, okay. He's written numerous platinum selling songs up, up and away. By the time I get to Phoenix, MacArthur's Park, which we're talking about. Uh, Wichita Lineman, Worst That Could Happen, Galveston, All I Know. He has had successful collaborations with Glenn Campbell, Michael Feinstein, Linda Ronstadt, Fifth Dimension, Supremes, Art Garfunkel, and Richard Harris. Oh, Okay. He was inducted into the Songwriters Hall of Fame in 86. Yeah, he's been. Yeah, he's been doing it. Yeah. I just said leaving takeout in the rain seems so sad. Not really sure what else to say about this one. (laughs) Fair. Track 21. Too much flesh for Tulu. Took a break and came back. Super quick. Super basic. Feels like old 80s punk in kind of a squatter, crusty kind of way. Yeah, I don't know why they did it, but that one is also from Look Ma No Flannel, which is what 14, 15, 16, and 17 were. So then they split it up with Too Dumb to Quit and the cover and then put that. I don't understand. There's a couple more down there that are also from the same thing. I don't understand Weird. who decided on this compilation track list. <laughs> right. Who put this together? Moving on to track 22, Fuck You. Uh, you didn't want to fuck me, so fuck you. Isn't really the vibe we go for these days. The lyrical content on a lot of these tracks just feels so dated. I can get yes. past it when it's one or two on a record, but this this is nearly every one, and it feels kind of like it's forced, which makes it even worse because they're actually trying to be looked at this way. Yeah, I mean, I feel like you could say that about most punk acts that have went by. Like, I mean, you yeah. can even dig in a black flag and be like, that's not... That's dated. As oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Ramones, I want to sniff glue. Like, what a wild <laughs> set <laughs> running around by it, but whatever. Moving on to track 23, I Don't Want None. I appreciate the slowed down tempo on this one. It gives us a bit of variance, even if the lyrics are the same line over and over. But, like, the feel of this song brought some freshness to the record, which was appreciated. Sure. Moving on to track track 24, Meat Wagon. Another slow down tempo track. The record really needed it. Moving on to track 25, Didn't Puke. Not puking is a good thing. I'm proud of you. Track 26, Bonehead. (laughs) Dig the drum intro, but we're back into the quick tempo stuff. However, the chorus slash gang vocals sound clearer, and I like that better. Choosing to be a bonehead is an odd move, but I didn't mind it overall. Finally, a track over one and a half minutes long. Do you want to even talk about Wimpy Drops Your Harlem and nothing to do alternate takes, 27 and 28? I had stuff down uh, because I didn't realize they were tracks we already already covered. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. (laughs) Yeah. I was going to say that, but um, very George of the Jungle on the intro. Uh, I wish all of these vocals didn't take so much work to hear. Once I get used to them, the track changes and I have to try all over again. 
then nothing to do. Under a minute felt like they had nothing to do. Track 29, Gay Boy. I wrote down it felt like they had nothing to do without knowing the title of the track was nothing to do. That's pretty funny. That's that's pretty wild. Cool. <laughs> yeah. that's, a, that's a great coincidence. <laughs> yeah. Uh, gay boy didn't feel like it needed to be started again. Like the second take was exactly the same as the first. It's just another track that goes by with questionable subject matter and doesn't really do much for me. All right. Um, 30, 31, 32 and 33 are all the demo versions, um, of these tracks. 30 is nobody likes me. These tracks all have interesting drum intros and then they just slide right back into the same old tempo with interchangeable lyrics. They're all kind of the same. Okay. So we don't have to touch every one of those. Uh, we can. Uh, too many Twinkies. Nice switch up. The guitarist kind of rips. Vocals aren't so buried. Man, I used to love Twinkies. This is a solid track. Didn't need the R word, but overall it was pretty enjoyable. Uh, half shit faced. Sonically really good, but they had to go and use a word for the second song in a row that was fucked up and kind of takes me out of the enjoyment I was getting out of the song. I live this life. <laughs> pretty solid ending i didn't really find anything wrong with this one sounded good kind of too little too late though all right and then track 34 the live broadcast from wfmu on april 11th 94 and this is another thing where i mean shut it down after at the mall yeah and i missed kicked out of the weeblos i don't know it's it's a weird thing but i i think this live broadcast helped me with this a bit because you actually felt their energy. Like you felt how yeah, they would perform it. And it's super fast. It's super yeah. dirty. Yeah. You said, listen to it once and then like mm -hmm. trash it. I did just because I, at that point, like re-listening to it, I was, I was done. You didn't need it. You didn't. Need yeah. It. Not really. So that is record. Scott, do you have a top three? I do. Number three, I spent the rent. Okay. It's from Kicked Out of the Weeblow, so I approve. What's next? Uh, I combined Tulu is a Wimp and At the Mall. Okay. Also from Kicked Out of the Weeblow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I approve. Yeah. And then my number one, I guess, is I Live This Life, which was the closer that was okay. overall pretty decent. But yeah, it, it sounds like I think my the the most enjoyment I got out of this was the Kicked Out of the Weeblow ZP. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. I, yeah. My, well... My top three kicked out of the Weeblos would be three. Um, you're going to not like me for this. Love me oh, is no. two. Oof, God. And and We'd Have a Riot is one. I I, I love that song. I love I that gotcha. song. So before I ask you the question, though, I will have to say that this would be a, a groan to me. I, okay. would, <laughs> I was going to ask you, actually. <laughs> I, I would. And, and this is weird also because I'm sure they're on seven inches. I would rather own the Love Me and Kicked Out of the Weeblow seven inches than I would this compilation record. Yeah. I, if, if we had to pick one out of these, I think I would go with uh, Kicked Out of the Weeblow's one too. Yeah. Cause that, I mean, two of my top three were off that EP. And really, that was the only ones that I really enjoyed were off that EP. So I, I still would ask it for posterity. Sake, yeah. Scott throne own phone or groan. Uh, the question gets asked at the end of bonehead. Did you hear anything bad? The answer is yeah. not really, but I didn't really hear anything great either. It's all too quick, all too similar, all not really that funny and all too much. I'm going with a groan on this one. 
Well, let's go. And uh, again, this is just me playing devil's advocate because I just told you it'd be a groan for me also. Yeah. <laughs> if if we add another 10 years onto this or no, if we mm-hmm. add another 10 years onto a no effects record, is it going to feel sure. the same? Is it going to feel like the joke is even farther away from where we are? Because that's probably where we're at. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, think about it. When we did our no effects draft, heavy petting zoo was a a record that came out at this time. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I don't think either one of us picked it for the draft. Well, not at the time of those first two EPs, because that's still another. Sure. Yeah, that's still. Yeah, you're right. I don't know, man. I I think adding another 10 years to this record it would would be a a bad thing. Well, let's hope so. Like I hope <laughs> that we don't flip so much that this is back. That this you know is, what I mean? Like yeah. I hope it doesn't I hope the like the elasticity it, doesn't snap the other way and then we're shouting F words left and right. Like, like I don't Yeah, I'm not about that. We don't I need went, F words and C words. So when you told me uh we were covering the queers. I told you that I think there was one that I listened to before mm-hmm. or no, you asked me if I listened to the queers before you gave it to me. And I said, there was a record. I can't remember it. Uh, I was beyond the Valley. Uh, after listening to this, I went back and listened to that record just to be like, did I enjoy this? Like I, yeah. How'd that, how'd that go? It didn't go well. Okay. I think I didn't really remember it because I probably listened to it a handful of times. and was like, Oh, this, this isn't it for me. And that one okay. came out in 2000, I think, was when that one came out. I think there's a reason the queers aren't like remembered in an echelon of the punk at the time. But this was a record that I got from a pawn shop on a CD. It right. was my basis for what I liked in the 80s punk scene, I guess you could say. Like, that's sure. just where I... and. That's mainly because of accessibility. That's the only thing. Because I, <laughs> right. right. The rest of you it found wasn't. It. Yeah. The rest of it wasn't really accessible to me. So. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Um, this wasn't the only thing you were listening to. Hopefully, Scott. What's your. No, it wasn't. Uh, I was going to ask you to give yours first because I have a feeling. Oh, I. The, you. Are you talking about the one we both purchased? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. We'll go with that. Um, my record of the week is Circle Takes the Squares record as the roots undo. And yeah. man, I listen to this. It's it's probably still on my iPod. And I know for a fact that I did not care about it nearly as much as I did listening to it this week. It is pretty superb. It's a pretty amazing record. Uh, it is amazing. The best way I, I described it, and I thought I was a genius for it, is that there is a Venn diagram with La Dispute where some there's some in the middle of that circles, but the other ends are so far apart. It's not even circles. They're like ovals yeah. that stretch. Yeah. It's pretty wild. It's so crazy. It's so crazy. It was such a good record. Um, yeah. And you had no expectations or knew anything about them going in. I knew nothing about them at all. And then like, there's this chick screaming and then this other dude screaming and then like, yeah, a lot of dispute spoken word type stuff. And then, all this crazy musical stuff going on, kind of like Mars Volta kind of shit. And uh, <laughs> then, yeah, it was, it was just wild. And man, coming off of like, I listened to it right after the queers. I was like, Oh man, oh, I'm man. on two different planets here. Like here's some chaos I'm into. Yeah. 
Like that's the chaos <laughs> I enjoyed. Yeah, super good. So is that it? You're you're, you're not going to throw another one in there? Normally, you no, do that was it. Okay, so we, so we, we're just both settling with the same record of the week. Sounds good to me. Yeah, you gave it to us for the twenty year records, and boy, because I I remember it, having it. I I downloaded what may have been their discography, but I think it's only that and maybe an EP. I don't think they have much. Yeah, they only have the one full length. But I remember the cover and I remember the band name. So I and I remember listening to it, but I didn't remember anything about it. And then, wow, was it a good shock? I yeah, love it was happened. good shit. Yeah, it was super good. And then, and then looking for it on Discogs and seeing it's very pricey, and then just doing a quick Google search and seeing that they have it for sale on their big cartel site. I'm like, oh yeah, okay, yeah, weird, real weird, <laughs> real real weird. So the only thing that's left is for you to tell me what we're doing next week. And is is next week Lucas week? Yeah, next week is our third annual Lucas birthday episode. This year... Wait, is he two for two with me? Yeah, Van Weezer and was the was first the one. one. And Goldfinger. Yes. Goldfinger the uh, Knife. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so so yeah. No, so he is two for two with me with Van Weezer and Goldfinger. So... Yes. You think he can keep the streak up? I'm not going to say one way or another. Okay, because I, I don't want to taint the I, I don't want to taint the idea. Um, okay, but it is a band that I had already had on the list for you. Okay, uh, not necessarily this record, but it was one that was going to come up. He is giving you "Taking Back Sunday" and their second record, "Where You Want to Be." Okay, and yeah, I don't think that's the one I know. There is one that I'm aware of that I tell all your friends. That's their is first. That- oh no, you know loud louder now. Their third record. I think you said stick. That was like he thought that was their best one or something like that. And I said that's the one that threw me off. I think tell all your friends is the one I know that I've listened. Yeah, to. that's their first one. That's the giant one. I love that one. All right, so we're going with where you want to be. The 2004 record. Is Lucas a big Taking Back Sunday guy? He turned into one. Okay. I think I think this and the first record are the only ones he knows. He knows a single off of Louder now. I don't think he's listened to the whole record though. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, oh, I know Make Damn Sure from Louder now. I know that. that yeah, that's the single. Yeah. Next week, Taking Back Sunday, where you want to be yeah. with special birthday guest, Big Luke Dog joining us. <laughs> yeah. I'm excited for that. Uh hoping he goes three for three. My awareness of Take It Back Sunday and no, like, I don't have any negative opinions on Take It Back Sunday, so it should it should be a fairly easy one. Like, it should be a uh, it should be an easy right down the middle. You're pitching it to me and I'm going to I should knock it out of the park, but we'll see what happens. Nice little layup, hopefully. It should be. Yeah, I guess I could have went basketball. I went baseball for some reason. <laughs> That's um, all right. <laughs> um, other than that, you got anything left here before we send us home, Scott? Nope. Great. Okay. I felt like I, I felt like I should have said something, but I didn't know what I was going to put there. So nope. You're good. You're good. So follow us on Twitter <laughs> or X at a whale pod. Follow us on Instagram at a Y L pod. Join the Facebook group. Link will be in the show notes. Shoot us an email at are you listening dot pod at gmail.com. Scott, thank you for the podcast. Thank you for the episode. Thank you for the friendship. Thank you, brother. Take it back Sunday where you want to be. Next week. Yeah. Big Luke Dog. He'll be here. Are you listening? Are you listening? 
you want to be you want to be this place sucks because there's no calculators around not not because there's no heroin around oh yeah no boy you want to give me the run around i am not kanye west I don't even remember the bits I do anymore.